I'm not here to poke holes and suspended disbelief. Anyway, they see some weird shit. They decide to make a baby. Thou Merkin merchant. Who gives a fuck? Oh my god, we're just gonna start calling you Damien Yeltsin's billboards. Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home, and the soil is a lot better. So yeah, sure, I think we're gonna settle. If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone, yeah, I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier. Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, it was probably <laughs> really good at groove on it. <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. Authorial intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up to wipe their butts. Some people stay seated to wipe their butts. Like, it just... of time where we connect nerdery to the real world my name is ed blaylock i'm a world history teacher here in northern california also teaching one section of remedial reading through the magic of the internet for another little bit less than a month until i get to go back in person and uh aside from that uh march of doom uh in my future the big news um for the purposes of this podcast anyway uh, is that um, I think I mentioned my wife and I are now back in a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Again, we're mm-hmm. playing D&D with a group of friends. And um, we're about to get into a fight with a group of fantasy space Nazis. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so anybody uh, out there who is familiar with the Greyhawk setting from uh, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons might recognize the Scarlet Brotherhood. Uh, who are literally a group of uh, pasty-faced, blonde, uh, human, and specifically racial human, like their their ethnic group, supremacists. And uh, yeah, I my character is the one who spotted who they were and explained to the rest of the party, that's who these people are. And the party paladin immediately said, what do we need to do to find a way to legally pick a fight with them? And uh, our our Kender Bard immediately said, I'm singing insulting songs at them right now. <laughs> and that's where we stopped things for this most recent session. So uh, who are you and what have you got going on? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher uh, up here in Northern California. Um, and I, let's see, uh, through the magic of the internet, I will be doing that hopefully until the end of the year. Uh, we will see, uh, because bargaining is ongoing as I speak. Literally. Yes. I'm literally getting those, updates. You, you, you all, uh, uh, listening have, have not been here to see it, but he is, he is literally looking at his phone. And of course, the only reason I'm able to say that right now, uh, is because, uh, thankfully, uh, we are both now fully vaccinated and at full, uh, uh efficacy. Yep. And so here we are back in person again, Mm -hmm. and I cannot begin to tell you how much of a relief it is that um, I'm going to be talking over you and (laughs) we're going to be tripping over one another so much less frequently (laughs) or more effectively Uh, or more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Better, better way of putting it more effectively. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm very, very, very happy to be back in person. 
How do you how do you like the recording studio? Well, I've I've told <laughs> you before that I have house envy. Yes. Um and and now I have to tell you that I have really really massive office envy mm-hmm. as well. Um for those of you of course, you know, listening, it's not a visual medium. Uh if you're not, you know, following his his YouTube channel in progress, uh you you haven't seen the interior of this place. It's a really lovely shade of green. Thank you. I really like. Yes. I really like the the paint job on the walls, um, and of course, it is heavily decorated in a in a very intense Star Wars uh, style, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I also uh, I'm working on catching up to you in the in the lightsaber uh, collection category. Yeah, but um, yeah. I'm not I'm not there yet. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. It's, I like no. it. That, that right there is the Star Wars bookshelf. Yes, um, and yes. Then the... I I need to I need to recalibrate some bookshelves, quite honestly, because yeah. I could I could open up this space a lot more. So thank you for coming to Damien's uh, interior decorating. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, podcast. No, uh, you know. So another fun fact: you mentioned space Nazis. Yes. Um, and uh, I heard tell that you are actually capable of fighting Nazi zombies now. I am, as a matter of fact. Um, I, I I will be very shortly once I actually figure out how to get the, the game system hooked up and running. <laughs> so uh, Damien and producer George uh, colluded with my wife uh, to to uh, deliver my, my birthday present uh, from them uh, a few days early. Uh, my birthday is coming up next week. Uh, it'll be my second 23rd. Which uh, Damien is no doubt going to have a great deal of fun here in a moment uh, mocking me for. Yep, yep. But um, the two of them uh, have been playing Call of Duty f- together for some significant length of time. Since since my, since my before my marriage. Wow. Really? It okay. Was, okay, since right. I started working at... No, okay, no, no. Since, since the beginning of my marriage. Because it was since I started working... At the high school I work at now. Okay. Okay. All right. So, yeah. so for a significant amount of time, the two of them have been mm-hmm. uh, connecting and, and, and playing uh, Call of Duty uh, over the interwebs, and uh, they were they were talking about picking that up uh, in a group chat that we're all in a few days ago. And of course, I I have been um, Xbox deprived and and have not been a Call of Duty player. Uh, and so today, um, they delivered me an Xbox and a stack of Call of Duty games <laughs> with the understanding that, yes, you've been drafted. And by yeah. the way, this is the one that has zombie Nazis in it, yes. uh, to which my response was, well, I know I know what mode I'll be playing in. <laughs> now, now to, to explain just a little bit more, when we play Call of Duty, um, we don't play with the outside world. Because okay. most of the people, you can if you want to find out how many people have oh, slept with your mother. Oh, oh fuck no. Um, but, no uh, I teach 12-year-olds. Yeah, I exactly. don't need to be playing video exactly. games with them over the internet yeah. on my off time. And whether they're 12 chronologically or not, they're all 12. Um, yeah. But, well, uh, to be fair, we're yeah. not that much older mentally. No, but like we, we could get into a PG-13 mentally. They yeah, cannot. we're, we're, we're yeah. potentially more socialized. Yeah. They Their goal is NC-17. Yeah, ours is not. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we actually don't play with the outside world at all because most of the people who play Call of Duty 
um, with the exception of all of our listeners. Yes, of um, course. Yeah. Any, any of our Worldwide. listeners who are Call of Duty. Um, you guys are fine. You're not the problem. But <laughs> the rest of the culture around Call of Duty is is just not worth your engagement. And so we play a lot of private matches. Okay. Um, and uh, that's why we got you the ones that we do, because those yeah. are the ones where George and I will just, producer George and I will just relax and vibe with. Nice. Um, and nice. we're really curious as to what adding a third person to the Nazi zombie hunting uh, will we'll we'll accomplish because he and I have things dialed in pretty well. Okay, yeah, well, so, yeah, I'm not going to add. Yeah. I, I'm 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 going to be the guy tripping over his it's own fine. hand grenades. It's totally for, fine. Like yeah. I can't. Yeah. So and we'll play so, a few where we all shoot at each other, and yeah. George will, you know, and we'll play all shotgun matches and stuff like that. It'll be a lot nice. of fun. It'll be a lot right, of fun. Cool. But yeah, uh, I I was in the middle of doing the thing, so I could never really um, fully appreciate your 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 reaction my daughter yeah. recorded it because she came with yeah, me yeah, yeah. she was fully masked and, and all that um so what was your initial impression to that and by the way for for our listeners if you don't want to hear this you can probably i'm gonna say skip ahead we're at seven minutes 40 seconds or so i'm gonna say skip ahead to about 15 minutes and check in yeah that's probably a good plan so but yeah. i want to hear your reaction um humbled <laughs> okay uh more than anything else mm-hmm. uh, now you open the door and you saw me yeah and and that yeah. was that was kind of a shock um because the the story that i had been told all week was uh your 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 birthday gift is is coming on friday okay and there have already been a couple of packages uh, that, that are actually gifts from her that have arrived and for the last two weeks i've been told don't open anything <laughs> like unless unless you can look at it and recognize that right. it is in fact cat food yeah. don't open anything I'm like okay all right fine good move producer george uh, yeah. and good move ed's wife yeah so um so yeah open the door and and you were there with mm-hmm. with your daughter mm-hmm. and like oh hey how you doing <laughs> like yeah. okay this is new yeah and and there was there was kind of a split second uh, of of um, oh shit I don't have my mask on mm-hmm. because you know the last year has been the last year and then I remembered oh right no we're we're both teachers one of the professional advantages there is we did we now we're safe to hang out we don't have to yep. worry about that and then I noticed that you had the gigantic bag and I was and and then I don't know if you well no you did notice mm-hmm. the first thing I did was I turned to my wife and said what did you do yeah yeah um and and yeah no um the the biggest the biggest takeaway from it is how fortunate I am to have made the friends that I have made I am I am very very grateful to the two of you. That was a huge thing. Um and and the the fact that you you would uh go to those lengths to include me in something that is something that the two of you have been doing mm-hmm. means an awful lot and I am I really appreciate it and I'm really humbled. Good. Um, and yeah, just thank you, mm-hmm. uh, producer George. I especially you're not, you're not here with us, but yeah. thank you. He so will much. be. Soon. That is a big deal. I'm hoping. Yes, yes. Fingers crossed. I'm I really, he's really got his appointment for that. his first. So, okay. Yeah. Excellent. Um, now I, I will say, uh, most credit is due to producer George. Uh, I have lost my imagination 
even more so during COVID. <laughs> and during all my efforts at bargaining, uh, I don't yeah. have much in the way of imagination. He hit me with this idea. He's like, hey, what can I count on from you in terms of help and support? I said, I have no problem, uh, you know, however you want to split it. I'm happy to split it whichever way you see fit. Yeah. If you take the reins and you make it all happen, I will be the delivery boy. And that's precisely what happened. That's exactly how it so, turned out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's going to be awesome. So What's... you need to come up with a good gamer tag on there. Um, okay. Well, yeah. I've, I've had so. sort of a, my, my internet mm-hmm. nickname for years and, and years. And if that's the one so you want to use, that's the one you can use. use. That's fine. I mean, assuming um, it hasn't been taken yet. But well, and there's also that. With the yeah. specific, specific digits on the I'm not going to say what it is yeah. here right now. Until we get to a place where we're like, you know, do we want to invite people to join us? Which we're not there yet. No. So, you know. Prove yourself. But, yeah. Prove yeah. yourself. Yeah. 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 Show that you are worthy. Yeah. Um, and, then we'll, <laughs> and then we'll see about, you know, doing something. But... Italy, I'm talking to you. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so uh, well, that's that's awesome. Uh, it was yeah. really cool to be a part of that. I'm, I'm really glad that we got to do that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it just, it was, George was very, very happy. Um, I know I was very, very happy, um, yeah. and I cannot wait. Uh, my fingers are crossed, actually, for a Saturday night or a Sunday night, like, soon. Yeah. Like, tomorrow oh, yeah. or Sunday. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah, I yeah. can't, Please you do. know, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Lee, Lee has a lot of projects she's working on sure, right now. Sure, uh, That, that oh, you know, my... <laughs> I gotta say, my favorite moment of the, all of that was yeah. she's like... This means I get to play more Switch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there going like, Ed, don't blow this. Don't blow this. Like, play it cool. Don't be like, well, of course. Be like, okay, honey. Yeah. Because I'm stuck in negotiation mode. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just like, yeah. And you've say turned yes into to such, it. Yeah. You've, turned, you've turned into such a cynic. Yes. Because of- <laughs> say yes to it, but say, okay, but um, sometimes I want to be in the bedroom to play. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and then yeah. she'll think that the bedroom is the best place to play. Yeah. And you can yeah. have the big TV downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, here's the deal. The uh-huh. thing is, that's 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 not actually a problem. Oh, good. Uh, because when when she winds up getting getting on the switch, a lot of the time she actually prefers playing it in handheld mode, oh, okay. which boggles my fucking mind. Well, she's probably used to iPads and phones. She is very so much. There you that's go. that's yeah. true. But we grew up on like, consoles. Yeah, and and part of the issue also, I, I figured out uh, actually after trying to play Breath of the Wild on the on the handheld mode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can do it. Mm-hmm. But part of my issue is, uh, for those of you who haven't ever seen a photograph of me or seen video, it would be more likely, I, I have Dwayne syndrome, mm-hmm. which you've, you've noticed, of course, my, my left eye wants yeah. to go off Marty and Feldman. do weird things. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually that my right eye is the one that's fucked up. My left eye is the one that has more range of motion. Oh, okay. it's, it's actually my, my right eye is kind of semi-paralyzed. Oh, okay. My left eye can move everywhere. And the thing is, whenever I get into close-up work, I wind up focusing with one eye. Mm, okay. And so if I'm if I'm trying to play the game like that, right, it's actually easier on my eyes to be looking at a screen at a mid distance at, at a mid distance yeah. rather than rather okay. than trying to do it on on the handheld. So, but but she's like, no, I can I could lie on the couch nice. and do this. Oh, you know. dude, that's a cuddle session for the both of you. Then. Well, yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, oh. sort of to the extent so that glad. we can cuddle while I've got a set of headphones on and I'm swearing at you and producer George. Oh, you you'll know. find a way. You'll find a way. <laughs> I'm sure. My my I'm dog sure. Skura made out with me for 47 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, 
I counted. I counted because I was playing a basketball game, and that was almost the entirety of the game because it's 12 minute quarters. So he was much younger. This is his puppyhood. Yeah, but yeah. this is why yeah. he became my dog because I allowed him to yeah. supplicate for 47 minutes on my beard. Wow. Everybody's grossed okay. out by that, but I was like, what's the big deal? I'm just sitting there and he's looking at my face. It's, yeah, it's okay. Fine. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, that's that's nice. so yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's see if there's any other updates worthy of the name, because um, we are hitting the 15 hitting minute the fifteen mark. minute mark. I called that perfectly. Yeah, you did. I don't think so. Um, no, I think we're I think we're mostly yeah, everybody's pretty caught up. Yeah, the world is is slightly less bad. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, people are are starting to get overconfident, which I'm worried about. Yeah. But you know what? Let's yeah. take their minds off of it tonight. Yeah, here we go. Um, I'm surprising you with an episode yes, tonight. Yes, you are. I am. Yeah, uh, I, I have no no preconceived understanding, mm-hmm. no no preview at all of and what when I, we're going to be talking about. when I say it, you'll you'll be giddy, I'm hoping. Okay. So right. uh, the title of this episode is, uh, this is podcast number 99, all by right. the way. All right. Oh, this is the thing I wanted to say. Sorry, yeah, to stutter step, folks, no, no and worries. I'm not editing this out. Um, but uh, the last time we were in person was for episode 50. Yes, it's either 49 or 50. Yeah. Um, but it was mid Conan. Yeah. Um, and it was you know it aired in April of last year. So yes. I mean, this has literally been more than a year. Yeah. No, um, it's, because it's, then it's a few episodes crazy. later, we did a wash your damn hands episode. Yeah. Um, or before I forget. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is, this is the first time and I'm hoping that this is more the norm and okay. that every once in a while, um, if needs be, we can record remotely, Yeah. but, uh, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. All right. Fingers so crossed. here it is. Episode 99. Yes. Cardassian justice and the trial of Horatius. <laughs> okay. I am here for it. <laughs> I am here <laughs> for it. All right. So, uh, in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the main antagonists for the long haul are always the Cardassians. Yes. Okay. There's there's Kim. Um, there's their mom. Uh, there's <laughs> Kylie, I think. <laughs> yeah. Or Kendall. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a few guest appearances by Paris and Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and and you know, Kanye shows up as a supporting villain later yes. on. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's you know, yeah. as like the psycho killer. Yeah, he's part of the Jem'Hadar. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, wait. Okay, hold on. Is he Jem'Hadar or is he Obsidian Order? Oh, neither. Okay, neither. He's the Breen. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good point. All right. Good, uh, good, okay. Good day. So, but the Cardassians were yeah. originally introduced in the Star Trek: The Next Generation. And they were given some basic species premises in my two favorite episodes of Star Trek ever, okay. uh, The Chain of Command. Okay. In that duology, one of the only other captains to ever give a captain's log on the Enterprise besides the main two, Kirk and Picard, was Edward Jellicoe. And he summed up the Cardassians very hawkishly for the Federation. He said, quote, Cardassians are like timber wolves, predators. Bold in large numbers, cautious by themselves, and with an instinct, in, with an instinctive need to establish a dominant position in any social gathering. So again, that's found in Chain of Command. I believe it's season six. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, and it's the governor of Mars from Total Recall. Plays yeah, yeah. Jellico. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that's that's where you get. Uh, you're really uh, you've you're introduced to them a few other times, but this is where you really get a chunk of meat. 
from the yeah, Kardashians. Well, um, the the really famous episode, one of the most powerful bits of acting mm-hmm. uh, uh, Patrick Stewart ever did. The there are four lights episode yes. was a Cardassians episode. Well, that's the chain of command. Oh, that is chain of yes. command. Yes, right, yeah, right, right. Is. Okay. Um, and I was I was separating the two sure. threads well, in my because head. It, yeah, no, yeah. you're right. You you think about the torture, the two man play between yeah. him and David Warner. Yeah, which, wow. Yes. Um, an amazing bottle episode. Yeah, pair of episodes. Really, Just, is. I mean, yeah. Um, and, and honestly, Jellico does a fantastic job too. He really does. Oh yeah. It's no, also it's the first great... time that Deanna Troy has to wear a uniform. Um, that's not a skirt Yeah. or her maroon or her purple silver or Weird, her teal. Bizarre. But she's a counselor. I'm yeah, cool with yeah, it, no, but yeah. like, why is your counselor on the bridge all the time? That's a little weird. And why is she, if she's on the bridge, why, you know, and he actually says, yeah. I want more decorum. And she starts wearing that. And then she starts going to that well more often. Yeah. But uh, so Cardassians throughout both series were hierarchical uh, with all of their citizens serving the will of the state and with the family being ruled absolutely by the parents, usually the father. Uh, an old Cardassian was to be respected and slightly feared as getting to an old age meant guile cunning power strength and wisdom cardassian social culture seemed to be one of shifting alliances too behind the veil power patronage so in one minute you're in charge of a vast amount of cardassian governmental power and the next you're laid low because you misjudged a political rival yeah and and there there was always this very keen sense of a machiavellian mm-hmm. like like in in a in a literal the prince yeah. kind of sense of like it, it always it always struck me that being a Cardassian must be fucking exhausting. Yes. Like yes. You know, and 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 you know you have to remember that they're they're not wired the same way humans are. Exactly. But like to to put a human brain through that kind of social order was like just thinking about it was yeah you're breeding psychopathic humans yeah or successful Cardassians or, or yeah you know you know it reminds me of of an exercise that we did um in my teaching credential program called Bafa Bafa um and if you look up Bafa Bafa you'll probably find it and it's it's wild because it teaches you about cultural assumptions um it's very clearly based on nomadic tribe mentality. Uh, which was kind of interesting and trading yeah. and stuff like that. But it, it, it was interesting. I wish I was less arrogant. I could have gotten more out of it back then. Yeah. Um, well, but don't we all wish that about our younger selves? Yeah. And certainly about most, my younger most self. Most of the time. Yeah. It's so. something we have in common. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, also, if you're Cardassian, your allies will abandon you in favor of who's in power um, or it'll be their peril, too. And yeah, they're not loyalty, going down with you. Loyalty is not a Cardassian virtue. It is. To an extent. The extent to which you fall. Yeah. You will expect your friends to to bounce out. And the yeah. ones that don't, you cling fastly to them until it benefits you not to. Yeah. Um, and yet, through opportunities, you could claw your way back into power by service to the state. That is an undeniable state. Uh, families regularly had intense rivalries, similar to blood feuds. Uh, but they were far more pragmatic when it came to the acquisition of power. Now, a Carmen Cardassian creed is, wow, that's a lot of literacy, uh, yeah. alliteration, yeah. is family is all. Yes. A Cardassian who did not tend to his family wasn't seen as a Cardassian worthy of the name, and it was a huge mark of shame to ignore one's family unless it's in service to the state. 
you could ignore your family in service to the state. You could sacrifice your family in service to the state. Uh, Just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. do we know how many times a Cardassian father could sell his son into slavery before the son was free of him? That, you know, I, they didn't have slavery. Okay. Yeah, Cardassians didn't have slavery. Well, yeah, but yeah. but the parallels but yes. to the 12 tablets of Roman law oh, you're noticing. are, yeah, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I, te- I teach that unit literally the first thing every year. Uh-huh. Like, it's really hard not to. <laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah. Okay. I've translated some of them. Like, like the Romulans don't aren't this And they're hardcore. called Romulans. Romulans, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, it never, it never occurred to me watching the show, but now that you're yeah. pointing all this out, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Well, because okay. the Romulans were Gene Roddenberry going, what if Rome was in space? Yes. It re- literally was his concept of it. And then, like, yeah, after he died, the creators of DS9 were like, here, hold here, hold my my Saurian brandy. You know? <laughs> hold, hold my hold my Romulan ale. Oh, it's not legal, though. Oh. They actually okay. had episodes in DS9 where they talked about it being legalized now that there was a alliance between Romulans and the Federation against the Cardassians. Oh, nice. It was wild. Um, okay, so uh, if you clawed your way back, that was great. Um, it... Uh, how to put this um bloodline absolutely mattered okay but adoption was not uncommon however orphans were thoroughly abandoned by the state if their family died in service to the state oh wow yeah it was a matter of personal choice whether or not to take in a stray okay yeah um and this was likely due to the heavy emphasis on military conquest as part of the Cardassian state's standard policy and the influence of military in everyday society. So if you were an orphan, you might be able to work your way into the grunt position, so that kind of backfills Okay. You know, All right. the yeah. the nameless faceless uh, okay. masses. And that the state the state was largely defined by its military heritage. Now, here's a question sure. that occurs to me thinking about it. Mm-hmm. How frequently do we actually see a common Cardassian? Like a like a <sighs> grunt Cardassian? Because you the, never main, do. the main Cardassian characters mm-hmm. that I remember from DS9 yep, yep. Are, uh, are all of them either current or former mm-hmm. officers of mm-hmm. some meaningful rank. Like... Yep. The the equivalent of it's a goal, you know, usually. Colonel, yeah. yeah, colonel or above, um, you know, and and well, you know, I'm just a tailor. No, no, you're 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 oh, not. Oh, Garrick, yeah, Garrick. You know, we we find out that no, no, Garrick, you know, was was formerly somehow very very highly connected mm-hmm. at the uber highest levels of you know oh, yeah. super secret, you know. Uh, uh, deep state uh, intelligence for the Cardassians. And so what, what occurs to me is, mm-hmm. you know, if you read most novels of the Napoleonic Navy, mm-hmm. uh, Master and Commander series uh, and, and, you know, Horatio Hornblower and all those kind of things, the main characters in those are always officers. Mm-hmm. You don't have a novel written from the point of view of an ordinary British sailor. Right. Simply because 
they didn't have a lot of time to have very much of an internal life. Yeah. And, the, and their most of their life was commanded by others. Yeah. So you kind of for drama, you need somebody who can actually make decisions. Yeah. And yeah. and so so the the every everything you're stating mm-hmm. about Cardassian society mm-hmm. has as one of its buffa buffa kind of assumptions that mm-hmm. we're talking about people with a level of lever pulling ability in yes. in the Cardassian state. Mm-hmm. And so that just suddenly suddenly that jumped out at me from the wallpaper like okay wait a minute you know you, you mentioned about you know orphans being used to backfill the you know faceless yeah. horde of 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 you know ground pounder troops like well okay wait a minute is their experience of cardassian society the same like within a cardassian infantry regiment mm-hmm. we know that like we know from what we've seen in the show that mm-hmm. the officer cast are all going to be, you know, angling with one another. They're all going to have, you know, right, they're going to be, right. you know, they're, they're going to have like an alpha you know, this, and a beta. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. going to be the alpha and the beta and all the most junior officers are going to be angling to try to get into a position to take over when, you know, inevitably somebody dies. Right. You know, but then, so is that also happening like at the NCO level? Is that happening amongst, amongst squad sergeants? You know, is right. that happening amongst like ordinary troops in the barracks? Are there cliques? Sure. Is there any kind of like, is there, a, you know, a common thing in societies like this would be that, you know, there's a warrior brotherhood or a warrior cult. Well, soldiers, are, soldiers are members of some kind of fr- common soldiers mm-hmm. are members of a fraternity. You right. Know, Roman soldiers were uh, uh, mythrized. Right. Right. You know. And and so and so the question is like okay. so I, I have a few answers okay. to some of that. Uh, one, you do see at least one commoner, Mila. That's Garrick's okay. housekeeper. Okay. However, she was the confidant of Garrick's father, who never claimed him, but then it turns out it was, uh, whose name was Inabrintain. Uh, so she was a commoner, but she was kind of like Tiro was to Cicero. Okay. Uh, and then you have uh, Damar. Okay. who was the uh, how to put this he would have been the Labanus to Galdicott's Caesar okay except that he stayed loyal to him not to the state yeah and Damar when when you first meet Damar um he is uh either the pilot or attack officer on on a freighter on because uh because Ducat has been laid so low that now mm-hmm. he's captaining like just basically a trawler um, and Damar is is an officer on that. Okay. Um, still an officer, but like really like yeah. I mean, you're yeah, talking yeah. like way far in the province kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and he rides uh, Ducat's coattails until Ducat goes off the deep end, and Damar keeps going. And Damar has, I think, Damar is one of the most fascinating characters. Everybody loves Garrick, and I get why. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fun, but Damar is far more of an interesting sine wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, I, you know, I loved when um, Borsk Fela went out like a fucking G. Yeah, and I think Damar yeah. does the same. Okay, uh, but uh, but I don't think he actually goes out. I think he ends up being there to sign. Um, and also there is Ducat's daughter, who's half Bajoran, half. Cardassian. Right. Um, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but you know, listeners, you know where to find us. Um, but uh, she, by virtue of the fact that she is a half blood um, in their culture, she is seen as as a very bad thing, and she's the reason that Ducat is laid low. 
Um, and he actually puts all his eggs into that basket for a while. But then as he starts to work his way back up, she ends up being something that he sacrifices mm-hmm. along with his sanity, sadly. Yeah. Um, for a little while. Um, Ducat, fascinating character, too. Yeah. But I really like Damar more. So, uh, yes, the Cardassians, as as we were saying, uh, very Roman, obviously. Yeah. The males tended to be the ones who sought political and military power. Uh, and the females tended to be the ones who went into science and technology, although there was plenty of cross pollination. Yeah, yeah. But there were some fun episodes where the a couple Cardassian women get on there um, onto the Deep Space Nine and they're working with um, Miles yeah. O'Brien. And and because they're arguing, she thought that he was flirting and she makes the move on him. It's yeah, just, it's fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and because speaking, because yeah. that's how that that's works how they get down. You're Cardassian. Yeah, damn right. And speaking of that, when it comes to socializing, debate and argument is the main form of discourse. Heated, bitter debate and discourse. Getting the other side to divulge more than you do uh, is the goal. Making it so that your conversation companion is in a weaker position than you are during the conversation and thereafter, that's the goal. Well, because it's all about dominance. Right. So very Roman. And and so very predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, bureaucratically, the Cardassians were assiduous record keepers. They kept track of everything, everywhere, always. They knew every person they kept in their camps when they, you know, they kidnapped oh, yeah. the Bajorans. And there, we could do a whole episode on how the Bajorans are at once... Uh, the Palestinians and uh, European Jews yeah. and, you know, the, the mountain people of Southeastern Asia. And, I mean, it's just, there's oh, so many so things many parallels. that they, yeah. they pulled in yeah, to yeah, make yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Cardassians kept track of everything. And while most Cardassians maintained an honorable, dutiful image, most Cardassians in power also use that p- position of power to line their own pockets or to gain favors from those over whom they had power. And because that was accepted. Yeah. That was the cultural norm. Yes. Just like it was in the imperial period of Roman history. And if you, and, if you yeah. got a position in government, part of the, the part cachet of, that. of that was yeah. now I'm going to get to take these plums mm-hmm. and keep some of them and hand the others to my exactly. favorites in, in order to then cultivate my power base mm-hmm. to to expand my power base mm-hmm. further by doing this mm-hmm. and you know if if you know the army goes without getting properly paid for i don't know a month it's okay you know <laughs> we'll just conquer another tribe we'll be yeah. all right yeah. right <laughs> uh and and then and then they stopped conquering and and that became problematic um, their, yeah. their army went from being a money-making machine to a financial liability. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, class, is when we start seeing the decay of the Western Roman Empire. <laughs> so, yeah, you ain't wrong, uh, which leads to the first civil war. You yeah. Know? Uh, bribes were common, even at the expense of the state. Yes. As long as you maintain that visage of, uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the outward the outward appearance was the important mm-hmm. thing. Now here's here's a fun thing. The the use of torture was a common method of handling prisoners of the state in order to extract information from them and sometimes simply to assert your dominance over them. When a Cardassian dies, so I just 
going to put a pin in that torture okay. thing okay. for a bit. When a Cardassian dies, their funerals are open to the public. Though privately, the dying person would often pass all his or her secrets on to a loved one so that the next generation could hopefully destroy the family's enemies. <laughs> <laughs> That's That goes beyond Roman to being Sicilian. Yeah, <laughs> totally. All right, I need you to understand. <laughs> Donna Cosimo is the one who, you know, yeah. all, all of that. No, no. Yeah. No, no, you need... Fuck them up. <laughs> That's your job. You know. Well, we just lost our Italian listener. Yeah, well, um, yeah, sorry. So, but... <laughs> philosophically, the Cardassians had abandoned their religion um, for a secular totalitarianism long, long before any of the series started. Because a plague that provided the environment uh, for a military dictatorship uh it was was extant and that military dictatorship came in and provided for the people materially yes now politically cardassians had long been ruled by something called the cardassian union which was a council of elected aristocrats who made all the decisions but over time a military dictatorship the cardassian central command ccc came to usurp that council keeping them on as ceremonial and a traditional body, but making all of the real decisions. Caesar in the Senate. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. You okay? <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. It's quite all right. The assembly. <clears throat> <laughs> and within that, there was a group called the Obsidian Order. Yeah. Which was their version of an intelligence branch that survived and thrived on intrigue. Uh, and they made all the real decisions. <laughs> Yeah. Is there, is there a group maybe yeah. that that reminds you of? Might have worn really dark purple. Oh, mm. Decided to replace people when they decided to replace people. <laughs> uh, the Cardassian Union was then used to maintain the bureaucracy and keep things humming along for the real decision makers. Okay. Now, during their war with the Klingon Empire, the Cardassian Obsidian Order was fractured. And the Cardassian Central Command lost power, and the Cardassian Union's ruling council was re-established. However, they were again usurped, and Cardassia fell into a bit of a civil war. Wow. By the end of it, a single Cardassian took total control and restructured things so that he'd be in complete control because he had the backing of another foreign power, the Dominion. Right. And all of that is just to get you to what I'm really here to talk to you about. The Cardassians are more space Romans than the Romulans ever were. And their justice system is a very specifically modeled justice system on a court system that the Romans used during the trial of Heratius. Okay. All right. So, a bit of history about Rome. Okay. In 753 BCE, also known as 1 AUC, from Ab Urbe Condita, the, from okay. the founding of founding the city. Founding of Rome, okay. The Romulus and Remus, the boys who'd been ordered drowned as infants and were instead put near a river, hoping they'd die instead of being held under, uh, they get nursed by a wolf until a shepherd comes along and raises them as his own. And yes. they had a building slash bird watching contest to see where the center of their new swamp city would be yes. when they grew up. Remus wanted the Avatine Hill. Romulus wanted the Palatine Hill. And each one had their followers, and they decided to go with what the birds said. Remus saw six vultures first, and Romulus saw 12 vultures second. And so it being the bigger, uh, you know, it, it, since this was the beginning of Rome, you already have a conflict over the rules. 
Six yes. came first, but 12 is bigger, so which one is best? Yeah, okay. All right. So it's time to kill your brother so you can find out. And since Remus literally means or, as in the thing that goes in the water to steer you. Right. And Romulus is an Etruscan word that means he who shall found Rome. I'm sure you could guess who won that fight. <laughs> <clears throat> so. <laughs> Caesar C. Viverit ad Remum Dereris. Uh, that's that's how I can remember that Rem- Remus is yeah. or. Yep. So anyway, but Wow. Yeah, I that that's not the version that I learned as a kid of why Romulus killed Remus. I I heard that it that it was that uh, Romulus had started building a wall, mm-hmm. and it was apparently insufficient to Remus's way of looking at things, and he mocked Romulus for doing it, and so Romulus got got angry and stabbed him. So there's a few things that I compressed. Okay. But Livy talks about, Livy does this all the time. He says, from there, the story is twofold. And he says this a number of times. Like, he says this when he's talking about whether or not Ascanius is the same Ascanius that came with Aeneas. Or Aeneas lost Ascanius in Troy, and then he made a new new Ascanius. And then he even says, well, from whichever mother he came, this Ascanius, whichever guy he was... (laughs) He started Alba Longa, you know? Okay. Yeah. All right. But, okay, so Romulus and Remus, they have this argument. They do that. It turns into a scuffle, and Remus falls dead. Or, this is kind of like Clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, or, Remus <laughs> jumps over Romulus's walls when he's building them. And if you jump over someone's walls, you have cursed those walls to always be surmountable. And Romulus struck him dead then and there and said, thus always to anyone who tries to uh, scale my walls. Which then ties into yeah. Rome as insurmountable power. Exactly. Protect city. Exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. And right. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie at the end of this. It's okay. phenomenal. I've probably recommended it before, but I think it's just tremendous. And it has a third take, oh, which wow. I like even better. Okay. But uh, kill your brother. Uh, Romulus becomes the first king of Rome. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. Yep. Kill your brother. <laughs> um, and Romulus is kind of a fighter rogue for like 40 years. Okay. okay. He's clever. He wins more by cunning and treachery than by sheer might. Uh, okay. He can fight, but he comes up with a way to win every time. Yeah. Often involving guile. So he he's, also... He's kind of an Odysseus figure. Yes. Yes. Um, and he's not as brilliant as Odysseus. Odysseus okay. was acknowledged as being brilliant. Romulus is just a little smarter enough every okay. time. Okay. And that right. and that's what I love about the Romans was they're like, yeah, he's a total shit, but <laughs> but he won. Yeah, he but figured he, out but how he to figured ambush. things out. Yeah, yeah, he broke the rules of war yeah. so that he could win. <clears throat> so it's cool, okay. you know. Right. Um the the way that he fights the Vei is pretty cool, you know. He okay. pretend he pretends to turn tail and run. So, I mean, he basically violates the, the rules of war as we know them. Yeah. Um, And then all of his guys are on either side of the path and they just mob the other guys. Okay, you know, yeah. Standard stuff. Right, yeah. Um, So he's a fighter rogue for like 40 years and he's in charge. And uh, he comes up with a way to get women for Rome. Um, This is the, the rape of the Sabin women. Yes. Yes. Uh, which, which In is, this sense, of course, yeah. rape meaning, technically meaning kidnapping. Yes. But probably also... Sadly. Well, there's a part in Livy. Yes, it is totally fucking rape. Yeah, I'm not okay, gonna. Yeah, right, I'm not gonna yeah, soften okay. that blow. But yeah. in Livy, a Roman historian writing yeah. about ancient Rome, uh, he says that um, first off, the the verb rapio rapera means to grab or to snatch. Right. Yeah. So he's they're grabbed. 
Um, and he says that uh, Romulus had gone around to all the other city-states and said, hey, got any women? Um, and they said, who are you? And he says, why, we're the Romans. And they're like, who are the Romans? And he says, well, we are, and I am their king. Uh, <laughs> who are the Romans? We are. I just asked who the fuck you were. Right. I'm the king that's, of the Romans. That's... Try to keep up. <laughs> so <laughs> just ignore the tautology. Moving on. Look. Totally. So we I, need we need, need women. We need women. because uh, it's sausage fest down there. And they said, Well, where did you all come from? Now, the thing was he'd put out like, you know, flyers earlier saying, Hey, ha- are you an escaped slave? A convict? Someone who's been exiled? Boy, do we have a place for you. But he can't okay. tell these people that. Yeah, well, yeah, he no. He can't say, oh, we took it. your shittiest people so and wait, put them in stop. one place. Wait, yeah. wait, hold on. Sure. So, so at the very founding of the city, yes. Rome was the Australia of the Italian peninsula. Not even the Australia, though. Like, <laughs> like it's worse. It's worse. People weren't sent there on purpose. They were found and offered free, you know, okay. like, hey, All you right. could be a yeah. citizen of where? Rome. What's that entail? I don't know. Come on over and check it out. See if you like it. It beats the shit out of like being hunted down, right? Yeah, it does. All right, cool. Okay, well, here you are. But then he's like, fuck, there's a lot of guys here. All right. (laughs) You know, it's it's odd when you you take on the the drifters, castaways, and, you know, uh, malcontents of other societies. That seems to skew male. Yeah. Who would have thought? Whole lot of Garfunkels. Not many Simons, (laughs) you know? So... (laughs) Huh. Yeah. yeah, a whole lot of Vanillies. Uh, not many not a lot of not many Millies. Yeah. So he goes there and he can't tell them, hey, we're the shitholes that you like, you know, yeah, yeah. kicked off. So he, instead, they're like, so where'd you come from? He's like, we 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 grew out of the earth. <laughs> and all the city states are like, oh no, that tracks. That yeah, okay, makes right. sense. Yeah, I heard right, of that. Okay, my yeah. friend, my friend Frank, he he he, he, he told me he, he found yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. okay. that's cool. Uh, tell you what though, uh, you're looking for women equal to yourselves. Uh, dig deeper. Ooh. Now here's Romulus. <laughs> I'm about to destroy this man's whole career. But he what? decides he's <laughs> oh. like, oh, okay, cool, thank you. And he walks away, cool as a cucumber. Plan something called the Consus Games. These are horse racing games designed to honor Neptune. If you live in a city, you don't skip out on a, an, an honoring Neptune. Uh, okay. thing yeah. because he'll destroy your fucking city. Yeah, he'll, so he'll wreck your shit. He has yeah. the World's Fair at his place for the Consus Games <laughs> during the Looper Call. Okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, and the Looper Call, for those of you who don't know, is the proto-Valentine's Day. It's where young men dress up in goat leggings and otherwise are naked and they run around with thongs of goat leather uh, dipped in goat blood and they whip women on the asses to make them fertile. As any good society does. Yes. Right. Clearly. Um, which I love it because women like want to be fertile in these societies because then they have value to these Bronze Age societies. But they also are 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 conditioned to want to run away from this. So I just imagine them like sticking their asses out a little extra when they run. No, no, please don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. that way they can be fertile that year. Um, and you got to do it every year. It's just a, yeah. it's okay. a renewal. Yeah. Um, so, so during the looper call... Uh, he, he, you know, gets, gets them, everybody there. He says, oh, by the way, you know, we're having this thing. It's going to honor Neptune. You need to bring your wives and your sisters though. You really do. I mean, you guys are going to love it. And they're like, all right, yeah, no, we could, we could see this working out. This, this would be cool, honey. Let's go. Let's bring our best basket. 
Um, and so they go okay. to Rome and he's like, check out all these empty houses we have for absolutely no one to live in because, you know, unfortunately no one would, you know, send us people. But look at all this. And by the way, and he blows the signal and all the young boys who are running around grab all the women and take them away. Now, you can't okay. attack your hosts during the the, uh, the, the festival during the festival because then you're going to piss off Neptune. <laughs> and the sabines wow are amongst the biggest group to get fucked yeah. over by this right yeah so eventually they come back but before they come back all the sabine women are like oh uh, the fuck and romulus like he talks to them all and he says look look we're really sorry but if you want to blame anybody blame your dads i mean because we asked and they said no <laughs> okay and then he says tell you what though if you stay, your children will be citizens of a city, which was big currency back then. Well, yeah. And the women are like, yeah, but you still kidnapped us, man. Like, that's not cool. And he says, if you would please give your hearts to those to whom the fates have given your bodies. Completely stepping over the kidnapping part. Yeah. I mean, just, just like begging you know. the question. Yeah. So you, yeah. there was a kidnapping. Yes. That happened. Yes. Okay, but now we need to look at what's going on right now. Right, yeah, yeah. We and, can't, and let's, we let's can't look change at this. Yeah, what we, we literally just did, <laughs> did minutes ago. Did, moments ago. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs to play the blame game? Yeah, like, I mean, really. come on. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. then he tells them, he says, our men will be very excited to have you, and they'll work extra hard to keep you happy. Like straight up, they're gonna fuck you good. Like, like, like straight. Like, 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 I was about to say, yes. am I the only one hearing? Yeah, sax music no. in the yeah. background. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So all he right. says that, and then the women are like, "All right, cool. Yeah, we'll stay." Okay. Yeah. Now, now, of course, this is all written by Livy. Yes. And and you know, yeah. and 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 concepts like you know, primary source document. Oh God! Even you know, going like, to like, a place that had the documents was, yeah, was, was beneath was Libby. Like, yeah, no. he was like, "No, like, fuck that! I'll make like, it up. No, 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 it's fine. Well, it's, uh, no, I don't want to leave Rome." Like, <laughs> so, so Romulus does all this through guile and cunning, right? Okay. Um, and 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 so, if you could imagine Rome growing under this, yeah, ultimately by bullying people, yeah, and then kind of sweet talking them after. Essentially, if you imagine Biff Tannen as a kingdom. <laughs> you That's have... a great analogy. I love that. <laughs> Use that yeah. in your class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, when he dies, there's no clear line of succession. He didn't have any kids. Um, And so you have an interregnum. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work for like a year because it's literally. So by this point, by the way, the Sabine women get out there and they stop them from fighting. And there's about to be a big fight. And there's a really cool thing with Tarpeia and all this cool shit. Um, and the, the women stop them and they tell the husbands, they tell their, their dads, they're like, are you going to make us widows? And they turn to their husbands, are you going to make us orphans? And then they turn to both of them. They're, are you going to make your children, your grandchildren grow up fatherless, grandfatherless? Stop all this. We're all together now. And then they had to have a bit of a, a treaty. And basically Romulus said, okay, okay, okay. Here's what we're going to do. Sabines, Romans, we're all going to live together. But we're going to have a new name. And that was enough. Like, that was it. Like, fucking, okay, we're the Thunderbirds now. Great. All right. 
Uh, all right. We're the T-Birds, we you know? Yeah. <laughs> but no, they were called the Queerites, by the way, okay. after Quirinal Hill. Okay. okay. So so uh, he dies, and there's no clear line of succession, and it's a really fun story how he dies, but I've already indulged myself too much on yeah, Roman okay. history. Um, so uh, it's literally a new king every day because they are made up of Sabines and Romans. So one day it's a Sabine king, the next day it's a Roman king, one day it's a Sabine, until okay. they can find a good way to come up with a king. So they don't have rules for how to come up with a king. So they figure it out finally. Okay. Um, after a year, they say, okay, Sabine king chosen by Romans. Fair? Fair. Everybody's cool. All okay. right. Sounds good. But this also means that the Romans are forever ruled by foreign kings. Okay. Kind of interesting okay. pragmatism there that they're down for. Okay. So anyway, their second king is my favorite king, Numa Pompilius. He's more like a cleric bard. Okay. Um, and he rules for forty years. He brings peace, culture, calendars, laws, shit like that. Okay. Um, pretty cool guy. Keeps Rome from becoming a bunch of biffs. Actually, gets them to be a society. Mm -hmm. Uh, gives people all these great ideas, and you know, and, and people are like, "How are you coming up with this?" Like, what? He's like, "Oh, uh, my wife and I. Um, and you know, after we have sex, that's our pillow talk." And they're like, "Wait, wife? You live alone?" He's like, "No, I have sex with the goddess every night." And they're like. No, yeah, I heard about that down the valley. It's, you know, <laughs> fair, fair, totally makes sense. And I mean, I didn't think about making boxes and calling those days. So yeah, no, dude, bang away, it's fine. Yeah. So anyway, he said that the Romans would uh, not become a society; they became a not society if they only warred and whatnot. And so he instituted a way of making peace. When people questioned him, he would again refer back to his wife. Um, and he then, uh, you know, again, I sleep with a goddess. We've never seen her. Well, she goes to a different high school. It's fine. She's uh, in Canada. Right. <laughs> Niagara Falls area. Yeah. You uh, yeah. just wouldn't know her. Yeah. Um, and so for 40 years, uh, they built a cool, he built a cool temple that if you keep the doors open, it means you're fighting. And if you close the doors, it means you're, you're, you're at peace. And okay. that was enough to get people to stop wanting to fight their neighbors. He also created the Vestal Virgins. Okay. And he created the uh, occupational guilds. He created a village system, other cool religious stuff, a college of, of clergy. He also died without a male heir in his 80s of old age. He is the only, he's only one of two kings who died of old age. Okay. All the rest were killed, including... Romulus. Well, he might not have been killed. See, what happened was he was about to review the troops and he was surrounded by a bunch of the senators. Now, he created the senators. Okay. And he said, we're going to have 100 senators. And and Livy says, whether there were 100 good men or not, I don't know. <laughs> but, but he picked 100. He picked 100. Okay. So he's surrounded by them and they start kicking up a bunch of dust and then they literally tear him to pieces with their hands. Okay. And so when the dust settles, he's gone. And they're just kind of wiping off, you know. And so <laughs> a young man finds one of the senators. He's like, hey, where's Romulus? He's like, oh, you didn't see? He ascended to the heavens in a cloud. And he's like, yeah, no. Yeah, happened, okay. Right? Yeah, no, I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> and they did see the dust cloud. And now there's no Romulus. Therefore. The blood stains weren't like a problem. The no, because he ascended, of, obviously. The fragments of viscera. A lot of dust. You just stomp it into the ground. Uh, it's fine. Okay, the fine. muck puddle 
it's the, the they, bloody they're, muck puddle. They're created on a swamp. Okay, all right, all right. you know. Okay, wait. <laughs> so where do they get the dust? <laughs> on the on like, this little like, hillock. On. Oh, jeez. All right, all right, whatever. Campus marshes. Whatever. Okay, fine. So okay, okay. so uh, after forty three years of being a king, uh, Numa dies. Yes. Um, and and uh, now I have Numa Numa. Yeah. Playing in the back of my head. <laughs> Damn it. Anyway. So it's 673 BCE, or okay. as we call it, 81 AUC. Okay, kind of a Roman thing, really. Uh, and maybe, maybe not dying of old age is because they lived in a goddamn swamp. Either way, <laughs> the, yeah, that wouldn't help. No, <laughs> the the grandson of Hostus Hostilius, who had died in service to Romulus while stealing Sabine women. His grandson, Tullus Hostilius, becomes the king. I'm sorry. His last name is Hostilius. I don't see the problem. Yeah. Hostilius. Does that just tell me, <laughs> is that the root of the word I think it is? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Just just wanted to make sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That, that, that's, like, that's like the Latin version of snot loud. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, keeping with the pattern of flip-flopping through history. Yeah. Right. The new king was definitely barbarian fighter. Okay. Hostilius lived up to with his name. name with a name like that. Yeah. You know, okay. it'd be really weird if he was like, I like flowers, you know, and, yeah. and, and daisies and dandelions. Um, so he lives up to his name, seeking war as its own end sometimes, definitely more violent than even Romulus had been. Um, and, and while you could, through some mental gymnastics, convince yourself that the wars that Romulus fought were defensive wars or a means to an end that the Romans needed, you could not make this claim for Hostilius. He looked back at the last 43 years of peace under Numa, and he says, oh, we can't continue that because then we won't be a society. We'll just be soft people who get easily conquered. Wow. Which. Okay, wait. In, Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. We can't. Okay. Yep. Numa comes along and says we can't keep doing mm-hmm. what what Romulus was doing, which right. is which is you know to fight, k- kicking people around, fighting, right? right. Because then we won't be a society. We yes. need to have a culture. We need to have all this other stuff. Uh-huh. We need uh-huh. peace. And so they have forty years of peace and stability, mm-hmm. and then hostility. I mean, Hostilius comes along and and says, "Well, no, we can't keep doing that because then we won't be a society." Motherfucker, uh-huh. you've had 40 years of being a society. <laughs> this is true. Like, and and of course, the response was, yeah, okay, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> buddy down in the valley yeah. talks about, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is the most credulous population. Motherfucker. <laughs> okay. So. Like, like, narratively. Yeah. Like, like, not even as a historian, just as somebody who, you know, reads fiction. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm having trouble believing... <laughs> Livy at this point like really a little bit yeah like yeah. they're that cr- like they fell for all of that well okay. when when all Claudius right. Pulcher gets killed on the Appian Way they literally burnt down the Senate House okay so and grant you that's seven hundred years later yeah so they're in theory seven hundred years smarter and I think they actually are okay <laughs> wow. Shit. All right. The Biff Tannen of the ancient world. <laughs> I shit you not. Like when when I talk talk to my students uh, about this stuff, I always yeah. tell them mediocrity lasts the longest. <laughs> 
but is this even mediocrity? It like, aspires like, to like, it eventually. Okay, all know? right, okay. <laughs> so, granted, but, dear God Almighty. So, really, he sets the Romans in a war to deal with Alba Longa, which was their neighbors and their longtime allies. So Alba Longa is uh, so so Aeneas gets to the shin of Italy. He meets Latinus, the king of the Latins. Yes, and uh, he starts the city Lavinium, named after his wife Lavinia, um, because, because he doesn't want to live in Latinum. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, but he wants to be their allies and stuff. But he's like, I'm I'm founding a city. It's Lavinia, uh, and so he does that. Um, and then his son. Uh, once he's old enough, starts Alba Longa. Named such because it's a city that's built at the top of the Alban mountain range, and it goes a long way across the top. Okay. Alba Longa, the long okay. white city. Okay. Um, because Alba mountains, I think, were limestone. Okay. So uh, the Alba Longans are longtime allies because eventually Numitor and Amulius, uh, and I forget, I think Numitor overthrows Amulius. I always get it wrong. Okay. Amulius uh, overthrows Numitor um, and kills his son and then imprisons his daughter, Rhea Silva, um, into Rhea Silvia, uh, imprisons her, makes her a Vestal Virgin. Mars rapes her and she's pregnant with twins. Okay, Boom. who yeah. go on to be... So it's Alba Longa, yeah. Okay. Well, they right. go on to depose their great uncle and okay. reinstall their, their grandfather. And they okay. did it, by the way, by sneaking up and just kind of quietly surrounding uh, uh, Amulius um, with hatchets. And then okay. they cut him down. Okay. Which I wonder if you think about the Fosques. Uh, rods surrounding rods a hatchet. Rods surrounding a hatchet, yeah, you wonder. So... I, I immediately thought of, you know, the plot to kill Caesar. Like, <laughs> so, so did a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, so he, he starts a fight with Alba Longa, uh, which are their, like I said, their yeah, longtime allies. Cousins. It's also like, the, literally. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. also the original site of the Vestal Virgin's first temple. Okay. Uh, now, more on the war with the Albans in just a minute. But first, a little bit about Hostilius in Rome proper. Okay. He built one of the first Senate houses in, the, in Rome. The Curia Hostilia. Okay. This was on the remains of a temple that had been burnt down. The Senate house made by the guy who started all the fights that he could. Okay. Okay. Uh, because he'd once, once he'd beaten the people, he'd need a bureaucracy to bring them into the Roman fold. Okay. It's not, I'm going to beat you and then leave you. I'm going to beat you and then I've got to have a way to now bring you into our tribe. Okay. That thing lasted from somewhere around 600 BCE, which is 153 AUC, all the way to 52 BCE. Okay. That building, all the way to 702. That's like 500 and something years yes. of the same Senate house. Damn. When it was burned as a part of the riot over the death of Clodius Pulcher. Okay. Now, by the way, when the ruler of Alba Longa, Medius Fufetius... Whose idea it had originally been to set triplets against each other. I'll get to that in a bit. He tried to betray Rome after submitting to Roman rule. Okay. Hostilius said, this is a man whose loyalty is torn between two cities. Solution's simple. He will be a man who is torn between two cities. <laughs> oh, shit. So he has... That doesn't sound good. He has him tied up between two chariots facing 
opposite directions and slap both chariot uh, horses on, on the, the ass. ass. Yeah, okay, well, and and okay. Now, this is a hell of a warning to send to any and all allies of Rome thereafter. If you betray your loyalty to Rome, you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> that's that's you're underselling <laughs> a little bit i think little slightly a little bit there yeah so now back to the alba longans okay yeah. the two peoples alba longans and the romans had relatives and friends in both cities to fight each other would be akin to fratricide and plenty of other asides so medius fufetius in order to save bloodshed on both sides he wanted to keep both sides strong against the threat of the etruscans to the north um he sends envoys to the romans and he proposes the following terms both sides have triple brothers have them fight whoever wins that city will rule the other forever Okay. All his cards are on the table. He's saying, I got triplets, you got triplets. Let's do this so that we don't fight each other to the point where the Etruscans come back. Okay. Now, you likely know the story, but here's a quick recap. Okay. Uh, Horatius, the Horatii brothers and the Curiatii brothers. Okay, yes. They go a-fighting, and they're bet- they're on a, on a field between uh, both armies, and they go a-fighting, and uh, very quickly in the battle... Um, two of the Horatii fall dead, but not before wounding all three of the Curiatii. So it's three wounded Curiatii against one Horatius. So okay. he looks at his odds, and then he does what we saw in Monty Python uh, in the life of Brian. He runs. Yes. And they chase after him. And he gets them to separate uh, by large intervals. Then he turns, fights one of the wounded guys, who's now really tired from chasing, and kills him. And then... He runs. And the same thing happens. He turns and kills the guy. And finally he runs and he turns and he kills the last one. Says yeah. something really cool. Stabs him through the neck, etc. Strips all their bodies. Puts their spoils of war. By the way, he's completely uninjured. The Romans have won. The Alba Longans will be supplicated. Strips them all down. Uh, puts on the spoils of war on a big old pole. Uh, and starts uh, carrying mm-hmm. all this stuff back to Rome. Okay. Uh, on his return, he is the youngest of the Horatii brothers. He's bearing spoils of war proudly at the front of the line of those returning. Marches right back to Rome proper. And among the spoils of war was a cloak that had been made by the fiancé of one of the Curiatii brothers that he had killed. He wore that cloak, and it was stained with Curiatius blood on his shoulder. Okay. Okay. Fiancé was a woman named Camilla. Her brothers were the Horatii. Oh, man. And right there in front of the gates, of the front of the gates of Rome, she lets out a gasp and a lament lament for her betrothed. And Horatius, right there, right in front of the gates of Rome, in full view of everyone, takes out his sword and stabs his sister right through the womb. Some people say it was through the heart. Either way, he kills her, rebuking her, at the same time, stating that she would uh, mourn the, for one of the men who killed her brother, uh, she deserved death. And moreover, no Roman woman should ever mourn the death of the enemies of Rome. Okay. Now, this was a crime. Yeah. Roman citizens don't get to decide who lives or dies. That's an issue for a jury. There is a due process. Yeah. 2,600 years ago. This, there was due process, and this was treason as a result. Now, Horatius is seized. He's brought before the king to be sentenced. 
Hostilius recognizes what a sticky wicket he is in. And if he pardons the man who just killed a Roman citizen without due process, that is a very dangerous and impossible to respect precedent for a king to set. However, if he sentences the man to death who just won the war for all of them, the people are going to turn against the king. Yeah. Since a crowd was gathering, he wanted to wash his hands of the whole affair, so he appoints a duumvir, uh, a two-man council. Okay. Now, the job of a duumvir, their exact job, is to find him guilty. Okay. That is their job. They have no other job but to find him guilty. And it was a foregone conclusion. There was no argument. That is their job. There's literally no other thing they're allowed to do. A trial would be held and he would be found guilty of treason against the state and he would be sentenced. In Livy, Book 1, Chapter 26, for those of you who want to read it, quote, In accordance with the law, I appoint duumvirs to pass judgment upon Horatius for treason. Okay, The dread formula of the law ran in this way. Let the Doomweirs pronounce him guilty of treason. If he shall appeal appeal from the Doomweirs, let the appeal be tried. And if the Doomweirs win, let the lictor veil his head. Let him bind him with a rope to a barren tree. Let him scourge him either within or without the pomerium, uh, within or without sight of a in, the inside room or of outside yeah. the ditch. Yeah, exactly the 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 holy boundary yeah. of yeah. Rome. Uh, by the terms of this law, the Doomweirs were appointed. They considered that the guilt that they might not acquit under the under that act, even one who was innocent. And having given a verdict of guilty, one of them pronounced the words, "Publius Horatius, I adjudge you a traitor. Go, lictor, bind his hands." The lictor had approached and was about to fit the noose. End quote. As you said, a pomerium is the religious boundary around the place known officially as Rome, regardless of its walls, cities, etc. Thus, the king got to have his cake and eat it, too, because he couldn't pardon a man just because. Yeah. Right? Uh, and the man had to appeal to the people, specifically to the people. And they could then appeal to the king to commute, soften, or lift his sentence, which in this case was death. The king then could, could uphold the law and rescue a hero. Okay. Wow. So... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a very circuitous route <laughs> for that process. But, Procedure. But but it's but it but it is so intensely procedural. Yes. That's striking. Isn't it? That that in in what was the semi barbarian state of the world mm -hmm. that, that they would have that level of no no, we have a way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And everybody involved knows how this is all going to turn out. But we have to go through the process mm -hmm. because the process is what separates us from the wolves of the field. And if we don't have a process, <laughs> right. we're going to fall on each other like wolves and, uh -huh. and everybody dies. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So okay. I'll, I'll go back to the quote. Uh, so Livy says, then Horatius, at the prompting of Tullus, <laughs> who put a merciful construction upon the law, cried, I appeal. And so the appeal was tried before the people. <laughs> I love the tone of voice you use. I appeal. <laughs> but so, yeah. so essentially he, he had a lawyer telling him. Yeah, but the lawyer was the king. 
Oh, yeah, okay. Like, literally, the king saying, yeah, said, right, now's the part where you do the thing. Just, yeah. You have to do the <laughs> thing, because <laughs> I can't, him, yeah. Can't see him jabbing totally. him with his elbow, like. <laughs> or just, like, really looking around going, is there anything that you wish to say right now that the people are here to listen? <laughs> and just staring <laughs> and a whole. just staring him down. Because like, keep in mind how stupid everyone was back then. <laughs> Well, and clearly how stupid Horatius was. Yeah, like, no shit. <laughs> in, really? Yeah. <laughs> in front of everybody. Yeah. Not not just kind of hateful and a dick, but yeah. like in front of the gods and everybody. Right. You're just like, yeah. What? Well, okay. I would also point out, though, that Horatius is a bit of a procedural guy, except for one step. This is true. <laughs> because he's like, well, I understand that you're engaged, but you weren't married, so you don't get to cry about him yet. Okay, granted. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, a good point. Like, yeah. Uh, but buddy, come on. Okay. Like you're you're <laughs> like, literally wearing the cloak. You probably saw her sewing it at like, home. Like dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You probably had to talk. Like, oh sis, that's a nice cloak you're coming up with on yeah. that loom. What's that for? Yeah. Well, I'm engaged to this guy and I'll belong. I hope it goes well for you. Yeah. You know? And then he puts it on. Like Yeah, is that this feels good. Yeah. You know? Oh, is that the is that the uh, curly haired, dark haired yeah. guy that was uh, talking to dad? Yeah. yeah, that's him. Oh yeah, no, he seemed nice. That's yeah. good. That's good. That's cool. <laughs> dead now. You know, six weeks later. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, not even weeks later. This was literally that same day. All of this happened that same day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, Roman. But I I really want to highlight that point. All of this happened that same day. Jesus. The crime. The trial, yeah. the appeal, and what's going to happen next. Okay. So the people listen to Horatius's case, specifically his dad. So his dad throws his arms around his son and, and basically says, look, I've already lost two boys and a daughter. Don't rob me of my final my final child. Yeah, I know. You're gonna, wait. I know. But he's the one. Who, he, the daughter is separate. <laughs> He killed her. Yeah. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I got to say what, what I keep coming away from is so many Romans had nothing but all the audacity. Mm hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so his dad says, <laughs> and his dad, oh my God, makes the best case. He wraps his arms around his son says, you know, I've already lost three kids today. Yeah, don't yeah, make don't me lose know. a fourth. Yeah. Which I, you know what? Saving Private uh, Ryan was literally all about that. Um, minus the fact that Ryan didn't kill his other brothers, yeah, but whatever. But okay. But then he says, "All right, tell you what, you know what? If the law is that he's been guilty, go ahead, go bind his hands and and go beat him to death outside of the pomerium. Do it where you can see where he saved Rome. Ooh. Or if you want to do it inside the pomerium, do that too. That's fine. Do it." Right there where we've piled up the spoils of the people that he just killed to save Rome. Go ahead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the people right. were like, oh, we, we can't we do can't. this. Yeah. So they made Horatius pay a penalty. Um, and his penalty was that he had to um, walk under a beam, which back then, big fucking deal. It really okay. was, uh -huh. you know, but he had to walk under a beam. Um, that was paid for by public public money, okay, and maintained by public money, and 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 then they built tombs for his brothers, uh, and uh, not for his sister, 
Um, no, no, no. They did. They did a tomb for his brothers and a tomb for his sister, um, all with public money. Okay. So him paying a penalty was walking under a stick. Yeah, okay. But again, back then, that shit mattered a lot more. Like, okay. sending someone under the yoke. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what he had oh, to do. Oh, okay. All right. So, so, so there, was, there was a very great deal of, of social uh, uh, stigma. Yeah. There. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, it's a neat story. It's... Yeah, it, you know. it, it, wow. There are so many things about Roman psychology that reveals <laughs> not many of them positive, but it, <laughs> but also yeah. reveals a lot about the fictitious Cardassian culture. Okay. So we have not talked about their specific jurisprudence yet, but that figures into several episodes of Deep Space Nine. Okay. I actually think this might not be a bad place to stop. I I think this probably is. Yeah, we're, we're pushing a minute and a quarter, an hour and a quarter. Yeah. So, so yeah, when we pick right. it back up, we're going to talk about Cardassian justice and jurisprudence. Okay. Now, I do want to recommend uh, a movie uh, okay. this time, and uh, I, I would love to hear your recommendation as far as books or movies go. Um, but I'm going to recommend a movie. I think I've done this before called The First King. Okay. I've I've seen it on Amazon Prime, um, and it is a phenomenal movie. I think um, it's about Romulus and Remus. And okay. It's about what brought them to that moment. It ends with spoiler alert. It ends with the story that we started with. Um, okay. But it is phenomenal. It gets into the psychology of them. It's it's the language that they use is actually Proto Roman. Oh wow! So I was washing dishes and I got the subtitles on, and you know I was oh shit I gotta go do this thing, and I I'm hearing all of it, and I kept up with the plot no problem because I know enough Latin. Yeah. That I you know I was like oh okay they were talking and I was like oh shit that happened without me realizing, but it's shot entirely in natural light, um and oh, wow. it okay. is it shows the Bronze Age it's pre Bronze Age yeah yeah uh, it shows the pre Bronze Age time as as the really brutal time that it quite probably was in that yeah, part of the well, world yeah, yeah. um but it's a really good imagine uh, reimagining of the story of romulus and remus so that's what very i'm cool. gonna re- recommend called the last or the called the first king so, okay uh cool. what recommendations do you have a funny thing happened on the way to the forum <laughs> cool uh because <laughs> all of all of this puts me back in mind of of you know elements from from that story sure that that popular perception of rome Mm -hmm. and the romans uh and uh i also uh played senex in high school no kidding yeah oh neat uh uh, first time around um (laughs) it was the buster keaton role yeah 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 and uh that was that was actually i want to say that was the last show of my senior year of high school i used to have Uh, students translate pseudolist the play Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, by Terentius. Uh, and, uh, oh, God, we had fun with it. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a great character. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would I would recommend that as a, maybe a palate cleanser after after the first <laughs> king. Like, yeah. So here's, here's what the Bronze Age probably looked like. And here we're going to turn a slave trying to escape slavery by finding a wife for yeah anyway yeah there there are there there are legions of ways in which this is this is not entirely cool to modern sensibilities but we're gonna make comedy out of it and here you go 
Um, so I'd, I'd say, yeah, as a, as a, as a palate cleanser I like it. and zero Mostel is amazing. Oh, so, he is. He is. Yeah. Cool. Well, where can people find you on social media? People can find me uh, on the Twitter at EH Blaylock. They can find me on TikTok at the same place. Uh, and on Instagram, uh, the same place. Uh, also Mr. Blaylock, a uh, different account, but also me. And they can find the two of us uh, if they they if if our Italian listener uh, gen- genuinely took offense at my uh, uh, characterization of of uh, you know Sicilians, um, then I, I can be reached uh, at or we both can be reached at duh not duh harmony at <laughs> Geek History Time. I'm thinking about your line sure, before yeah. you get to it, but we can be found at Geek History Time uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I already gave it away. Spoiler alert. But where can you be found? Uh, you can find me at Duh Harmony, two H's in the middle, on the Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find me every Tuesday night on twitch.tv forward slash capital puns. Uh, I'm also now starting to show up at 4 p.m. on Friday afternoons, Pacific Standard Time, uh, uh, with uh, iMac Puns with Ian okay. McDonald uh, and Excelsior Gaming. Uh, which you can find on the YouTubes. Excelsior okay. Gaming, you can find ours. It's the one that talks about, I got 99 problems and a Stitcher ain't one, where we explore uh, the Marvel Strike Force game. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, and there's tutorials that we've put out and, and stuff like that. Very so cool. There's a lot of places you can find me there, I guess. All right. So, cool. Well, uh, for Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.